welcome to episode 17 of the 3m fear podcast last week we had a detailed timeline leading to gabby's murder if you haven't listened to the previous episode then please do go and check it out because one always comes before two it is important that you know the timeline leading to gabby's murder to understand what happened after she was found in this episode we will look at what happened after gabby was found So please check out the previous episode before listening to this. In this episode we will go through what happened after Gabby's body was found, what happened to Brian, what happened to the families and was justice served. Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. On September 1st, Brian returned to his parents' home in Northport. When Brian returned, he didn't tell anyone. Gabby's body would be later found in the Spread Creek dispersed camping area in the Bridger Teton National Forest. This is about 45 minutes away from Yellowstone National Park. Bridger Teton is about a 34-hour drive from Northport, Florida. So now that Brian is back, he does not call Gabby's parents, he does not call anyone, he does not even pick anyone's phone call. He doesn't even tell the police what had happened or even tell them that Gabby was missing. Gabby was supposed to meet up with a friend of hers on August 29th in Yellowstone. This friend felt that something was wrong because he or she knew that Gabby may not have had cell phone service everywhere. but they also knew that she would call as soon as she got reception this friend also said something interesting quote i considered brian a friend but the truth will come out and i hope for everyone's sake sooner than later end quote on august 30th another friend of gabby's got a text from gabby's phone saying she was in salt lake city and it suspected that this message may have been sent much earlier but it didn't go through because of poor service on september 19th police obtained the tracking data from gabby's phone and a warrant that said as of friday september 17th gabby's phone had been turned off and not operational for roughly 15 days the warrant also supported nicole's claim that gabby had been texting her during the trip saying there was some tension in her relationship At this point Nicole had no idea that Brian was back. She assumed that the couple were together. When Nicole still didn't get any news from Gabby, she panicked and on September 10th, 10 days, 10 days after Brian returned, she texted Brian and his mother Roberta saying she was worried for Gabby. She wanted to know if Gabby was all right. But Nicole got no replies from either of them. and that's when she knew something was really wrong Nicole called the police and reported her daughter missing the next day 
Gabby's van was taken into custody, but in all of this, Brian refused to talk to law enforcement. In fact, he didn't even bother coming to the door and telling the law enforcement that he didn't want to talk to them. At this point, he was not a suspect in their list. He was just a boyfriend who was with a girl who was missing and the police wanted to know what happened. Did they have a fight? Was this because of some tension in their relationship? Did they separate and he came back and he had no idea where she went? But he didn't do anything. He didn't tell them anything. Northport police spokesperson Josh Taylor said, quote, "We were essentially handed the information for their attorney." that is the extent of our conversation with them end quote basically the police went up to brian to ask him what happened to gabby they weren't even sure that something was wrong at this point this was just a basic check to find out why gabby was not responding to her mother's texts or calls but as soon as they reached the laundry's house the laundry's lawyered up and gave their attorney's details saying please talk to him They said you can't talk to Brian this is our lawyer talk to him Taylor further said quote most people would think this individual might have some details as for as the last time he saw her the last whereabouts it has not been helpful that he has not talked we are doing everything we can to get answers for our family and to potentially bring her home safe so anytime somebody is not fully cooperating to provide that it can be difficult end quote Taylor also said that Brian was right in his place not to talk to law enforcement because he was not a suspect in this case he was not a suspect in anything that happened to Gabby no one knew what happened to Gabby he was just the man who was with his fiance he was not under arrest and it was in his right to say no there was nothing wrong in Brian saying no because he was not under arrest what we know now we can understand why he didn't talk but at that time no one knew about this Everyone thought he was just a jerk. But his not talking was costing precious time for the police in searching for Gabby. Now we know today what actually happened to Gabby, but back then no one did. For them he was an unwilling fiance who was refusing to help his partner. While Brian stayed silent, the police used every other available resource to narrow down where they should start searching for Gabby. Gabby and Brian had been traveling all over the place and it was difficult to know where their trip stopped. Josh Taylor said that they were looking into reservations the couple had for their campsites at different locations. They were trying to pinpoint when the activity stopped on Gabby's electronic devices and where she was when the last time any activity had happened. They were looking for eyewitnesses at gas stations or toll booths or motels and eventually this information brought them to Wyoming. Brian's lawyer Steven Bertolino issued a statement on September 14 that said, "Quote, this is an extremely difficult time for both the Petito family and the Laundry family. I understand the search has been organized for Miss Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming on behalf of the Laundry family. It is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family on the advice of counsel." and laundry family is remaining in the background at this juncture and we have no further comment end quote the van was taken into custody and sent in for processing and forensic testing a hard drive was located in the van and also processed 
Brian's sister Cassie gave an interview on Good Morning America on September 17th. In her interview she said, "Quote, I wish I could talk to him. I've cooperated in every way I can. I wish I had information or I would give more." End quote. After a cold and detached response from the lawyer and a poor statement from Brian's sister, Gabby's father had some things to say. He said, "Quote, If that's this family's version of love to just ignore and not care that someone's gone and people are looking for them and entire countries are looking for them I mean that explains how we got to where we are today because I mean look at their version of what they call love end quote Gabby's stepfather Jim also said quote It's absolutely mind-boggling to our entire family and friends that you are on this cross-country trip and you've been together for so long and every picture and video we see is that you seem to be enjoying yourselves and you say she is the love of your life she is missing you are on a trip with her but you have no comment you have nothing to say and you are hiding behind an attorney end quote Gabby's father also sent a letter to the laundries begging them to show some humanity and tell them where their daughter is. The letter reads something like this. Christopher and Roberta Laundry, we are writing this letter to ask you to help find our daughter. We understand you're going through a difficult time and your instinct is strong to protect your son. We ask you to put yourselves in our shoes. We haven't been able to sleep or eat and our lives are falling apart. We believe you know the location of where Brian left Gabby. We beg you to tell us. As a parent, how could you let us go through this pain and not help us? As a parent, how could you put Gabby's younger brothers and sisters through this? Gabby lived with you for over a year. She's going to be your daughter-in-law. How can you keep her location hidden? You were both at Jim and Nicole's house. You were both so happy that Brian and Gabby got engaged and were planning to spend their lives together. Please, if you or your family have any decency left, please tell us where Gabby is located. Tell us if we are even looking in the right place. All we want is for Gabby to come home. Please help us make that happen. End quote. This was from Jim Schmidt and Nicole Schmidt, Joe Petito and Tara Petito. Law enforcement from multiple states along with the FBI started their intense search in the area of Grand Teton National Park which is over 300,000 acres. They were able to pinpoint a certain location near Jenny Lake after a witness Shannon Baker claimed to have spotted Gabby's van in the Jenny Lake parking area around 5 p.m. on August 25th. The biggest tip in this case that would lead authorities to Gabby's body came from another van life social media couple Jen and Kyle Bethune. The couple had been living in a bus with their three children and four dogs for 2 years as they traveled the country and made videos for YouTube and Instagram. On Saturday, September 18th, just before midnight, Jen Bethune got a message from a friend with the information that Gabby may have been in the Bridger Teton area. When Jen got the message, the family was in the exact same place. They recalled seeing a white van when they were traveling earlier. Since they had been taking videos for social media, they went through their footage and found the van. They posted this clip to social media. The footage itself had been taken on August 27th between 6 and 6:30 p.m. 
Some people online claim that they can see Gabby's shoe behind the van. This brought up some questions to whether Gabby was already dead at that time. Not far from where this van was seen by the Bethune family, the remains of a young woman was found. As Gabby's remains were found, Brian vanished from his house. Apparently, he went hiking in the nearby Carlton Reserve. An arrest warrant was issued for Brian Laundry on September 24th, and that's when it was revealed that he was missing from around 17 September. Brian's parents told them that he left the previous Tuesday on 13th and had not yet returned. Charles Jones, the supervisory senior resident agent in Wyoming for FBI Denver, spoke on behalf of the FBI. It was quite evident as he spoke, as you could see him tear up. He even choked on his own words a couple of times. It was heartbreaking. He said, quote, "I would like to extend sincere and heartfelt condolences to Gabby's family, Joe and Tara Petito, and Jim and Nicole Schmidt. As every parent can imagine, this is an incredibly difficult time for the family and friends. Our thoughts and prayers are with them." We ask that you all respect the privacy as they mourn the loss of their daughter. Earlier today, human remains were discovered consistent with a description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of the discovery. The cause of death has not been determined at this time. End quote. It was later confirmed that Gabby Petito died by manual strangulation at least 3 weeks before her remains were found. A beautiful funeral service was held for Gabby on September 26, 2021 in the presence of friends and family. Josh Taylor told the press, quote, "We've been trying all week to talk to his family, to talk to Brian, and now they've called us here on Friday." We've gone to the home and they are saying now they haven't seen their son so we are working through those details as we speak. It's another twist in the story. End quote. Brian left his home wearing a hiking bag with a waist strap and he told his parents he was going to the Carlton Reserve for a hike. Now the Carlton Reserve is a vast natural area east of Venice, Florida. It's a huge space almost 25,000 acres. finding Brian in that huge area would be difficult. The police used bloodhounds to find Brian. They searched everywhere by foot, by air, but they couldn't find him. Something about Brian's parents, it got me wondering to why they waited 3 whole days to inform their police that their son was missing. Did they plan this ahead of time like to give him a head start? Or did they just not know what he was up to and blindly decided in believing in him? Brian was accused of using Gabby's debit card to remove thousands of dollars in cash. This he did when no one knew that she was missing. Also this was around the time she wouldn't pick her mother's call. An arrest was put out for Brian for taking out Gabby's money. This was because they had nothing against him. They hadn't found Gabby's body yet. They knew that Brian was up to something. and so they had to arrest him and the only way that they could arrest him was to find something and this was the only thing that they had that he had stolen gabby's money also because brian was nowhere to be found his parents were the one who were under the police's radar they seized a lot of things from his parents house including digital devices laptops ipads cell phones and everything 
On September 20th, the laundries were questioned in their home by the FBI agents and a search was also conducted. The family's Ford Mustang was towed from the driveway. On September 21st, the Teton County coroner confirmed the human remains were of Gabby's. On September 22nd, Sarasota County Sheriff's Underwater Recovery Force was called in to assist in the search at the Carlton Reserve. On September 23rd, the FBI in Denver announced that the US District Court of Wyoming issued a federal arrest warrant for Brian Laundry. This was when a manhunt for him began. On October 20th, authorities conducted the search with the Laundry parents and discovered human remains and personal items which included a backpack and a notebook belonging to Brian Laundry just off a park trail. I watched this video the whole part was being recorded by the media of course so Brian's mother is walking on this trail but his father he kind of went off trail and a few moments later he said he came across a bag that belonged to Brian he picked it up and he brought it to the law enforcement so the place where this backpack was found initially law enforcement had searched everywhere they had searched all over but this particular place was flooded with water and so they could not see what was under water and now the water level had gone down and because of that whatever was down started to come up and this was an area that was not only flooded with water but it also had snakes alligators and other dangerous creatures so the police did not actually go into this area to check Although the area had been previously searched by law enforcement they stated that this exact area was underwater until recent finding Brian's body brought up more questions than answers Brian died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound the question arises did the family know about Brian's remains did the father know that this was the exact place where Brian's remains would be found and where to search for this notebook because the police had been searching everywhere and they couldn't find anything and Brian's father walks in there and a few moments later he is back with this backpack currently Gabby Petito's family is suing Brian Laundry's family alleging Christopher and Roberta Laundry knew the whereabouts of Petito's body during the time in which the authorities were pouring resources into a massive missing persons investigation Schmidt and Joseph Petito are seeking dollars in damages for the mental anguish they suffered during the alleged deceit of the laundries. The March filing also alleges that Christopher and Roberta helped laundry conceal Petito's murder and were making plans for him to flee the country. The suit also alleges that instead of helping Joseph and Nicole locate their daughter, the laundry parents went on a vacation with Brian and ignored pleas for help from the Petito family. and that Roberta blocked Nicole's phone number and Facebook profile in September to avoid contact as Nicole sought answers about what happened to Petito. I was watching their interviews and I was also watching the live stream of the court case. This is my opinion alone. You can agree or disagree with me. I kind of feel like morally I understand Gabby's parents. They are upset with Brian with what he had done. In the beginning on one side I feel bad for Brian's parents. they have also lost their child it's not fair for them to pay the price for what brian did going back into this case as i started digging deeper into this case all these notes i had made initially when a lot of information had not yet come out but now as i go through all this information 
it kind of doesn't make sense i had a lot of thought on whether the laundry parents did this with their son whether the laundry parents knew everything about gabby well before it came out well before brian's body was found in the beginning nothing much was known about gabby except that brian had come home so let's just assume brian came home he told his parents something why gabby was not with them now remember gabby was living with brian at this time so if brian had come home his parents would of course ask where's gabby so let's say brian told them gabby hadn't come home and we had a fight so gabby decided to stay back she wanted to cool off she wanted to stay with her parents and so i came alone okay that's fine so what about when nicole started asking when nicole started begging what happened is gabby okay why didn't roberta just pick the call or reply to a text message saying or asking isn't gabby with you why didn't roberta just reply to nicole's text saying that gabby's not here i thought gabby is with you why didn't she just say that why did she avoid let's say that brian didn't say this and brian ended up telling everything to his parents but he left out the part where he killed gabby let's say he said he fought and he is not sure what happened even then brian's mother would have replied or said something or even if brian came up with a very silly excuse and said something whatever the excuse would be when someone keeps calling when nicole kept on messaging and calling and asking and begging what happened tell us tell us tell us why didn't she tell anything why didn't brian's mother say anything why didn't his parents do something or why didn't his parents ask him what about when the police reached their doorstep why did they immediately lawyer up you don't lawyer up unless you know that something had gone seriously wrong in my opinion this is my opinion alone i feel that something was wrong and they knew it they knew it from the beginning something was wrong i don't think that they helped him get rid of gappy i don't think that they have anything to do with that but i have a feeling that they knew something because if they didn't know they would have not avoided or at least roberta would not have gone to the extent of blocking gabby's mother when you block somebody block their number block them from facebook block them from everywhere cut off all form of contact that means they have something to hide and when the search party was out for gabby brian's parents were busy going camping yes you heard it right they were they went camping brian's mother had made reservations for a family camping trip and this trip was supposed to happen after brian and gabby came back but when brian arrived early his mother immediately changed the reservations to an earlier date so why did she do that why would they go camping if gabby is not here after all that was done they packed up their camping gear and they left for the trip and they came back within one day who goes all the way the place that they went was really far away who goes all the way just to come back after one day doesn't make sense i personally believe that this trip was a cover up it was a way for the laundries to just let brian go and stay somewhere in a safe place until all of this blows over and once everything is back for him to come back 
as parents i don't think that they knew that he was trying to commit suicide or if he was going to commit suicide no parent would ever want their child to die so i don't think that the laundry is new that brian was going to do something like this i just think that they want they wanted to give brian some space they wanted brian to be safe so they let him go they let him stay in a safe place they took all this camping gear which could have been food and supplies for him to survive and they had not thought about it until he didn't come back for me it just doesn't make sense why the parents wouldn't tell the police that their son was not back after so many days it took them several days to tell the police that their son is missing so they may have given him a head start or they may have given him a head start thinking he would be back in one or two days and when he didn't they got scared and thought that he had done something it's just my opinion about the court case i don't have much to say and i will not be commenting on it until and unless everything is done and settled because there are a lot of things to uncover at the court case laundry's lawyer justified their side by saying what steven bertolino brian's lawyer said in the statement to the press release was what he believed and that laundry's did not ask him to say that when the court case started the laundry's lawyer justified their side by saying that what steven bertolino brian's lawyer said in his press release had nothing to do with the laundry family the laundry's did not ask steven bertolino to say anything and that whatever he said was up to him because remember now we are talking about the laundries knowing everything uh, this is not about them not knowing where gabby was now brian's notebook has been recovered brian's body has been recovered i will be reading some things from the notebook later on but in this notebook brian has written everything including a confession to murdering gabby so whatever steven bertolino told at that time to the press saying that the laundry's hope that gabby would be safe and gabby would be back home that was all a lie because that meant at that time the laundry's knew that gabby was dead i'm going to read out the exact statement said by steven bertolino at that time because this is necessary he said quote this is an extremely difficult time for both the petito family and the laundry family I understand the search has been organized for Miss Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming on behalf of the Laundry family. It is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family on the advice of the council. The Laundry family is remaining in the background at this juncture and we have no further comment. End quote. To all of this The response from the judge was not only hilarious but it was true. He said, "Quote, aren't we responsible for the words that we say when we say them?" End quote. This is the best response ever. I mean, the laundries are just changing their statement over and over again. When Gabby couldn't be found, they were praying for her to be safe. when gabby was found they started looking out for their son and when their son could not be found the father went and found everything including his son once again when it comes to hiring a lawyer it's brian's legal right i'm not against that at that time it was brian's legal right to have a lawyer so there's nothing wrong whatever steven bertolino may have told them to do there was nothing wrong in that 
they could have given some idea to whether gabby was alive or not they would have given the family some form of closure they would have been able to mourn her properly but they didn't and finally i think the best thing that ever happened to this case was the vlogger couple finding the van if the couple had not found the van then gabby's body would have gone unnoticed for months and with wildlife around and body decomposition she would have never been found in a few months there would be no gabby to identify brian would be a free man these are my words and i believe that this is exactly what the laundries wanted they wanted brian to be far away they wanted him to be safe they wanted him to be just waiting and all of this to blow up for them to keep searching not find gabby and once gabby was gone they would not tell anybody and gabby forever would be a missing person and after a few months the case would go cold no one would be able to find gabby and brian would be free and safe if gabby was found today it was all thanks to this vlogger couple i left one of the main parts for last and that's brian's journal out of brian's journal only 8 pages are open to public i have no idea why it was only 8 pages why not everything or why even the 8 pages I think only 8 pages were given to the public because they thought maybe that would make Brian look good but honestly reading from the snippets Brian doesn't seem good in this I don't know so I'm going to read them out and I'm also going to link them let me know in the comments what do you think do you think that do they make do they justify I don't think anything justifies I don't think anything justifies what Brian did taking someone's life it doesn't justify when releasing this steven bertolino said quote as part of the return of property and fbi custody i was given brian's notebook i would like to share with the public the note that the fbi alluded to on january 21st 2022 that brian claimed responsibility for the death of gabby petito end quote i'm going to start with brian's notebook some of the places are illegible so i'm going to be just saying that these these are illegible the handwriting is not clear quote gabby i wish i was right at your side i wish i could be talking to you right now i'd be going through every memory we made getting even more excited for the future but we lost our future i can't live without you i've lost every day we could have spent together every holiday I'll never get to play with illegible again. Never go hiking with TJ. I loved you more than anything. I can't bear to look at our photos to recall great times because this is why I cannot go on. When I close my eyes, I will think of laughing on the roof of the van, falling asleep to the sight of illegible at the crystal gazer. I will always love you. End quote. So wherever I've said illegible it means it couldn't be read this part shows how much Brian loved her which I don't understand why he would kill her but he is just talking about his love This journal was supposed to be a way for Brian to talk about his feelings for Gabby to tell why he did this and how much he loved her But when you read the second part You understand that he is not talking to Gabby but he is talking about Gabby. So why this switch happened it's unclear. Quote If you were reading Gab's journal 
looking at photos from our life together, flipping through old cards, you wouldn't want to live a day without her. Knowing that every day you will wake up without her, you wouldn't want to wake up. I'm sorry to everyone this will affect. Gabby was the love of my life, but I know adored by many. I'm so very sorry to her family because I love them. I'd consider her younger siblings my best of friends. I'm sorry to my family. This is a shock to them as well as a terrible grief. End quote. Quote, they loved as much, if not more than me, a new daughter to my mother and aunt to my nephews. Please do not make this harder for them. This occurred as an unexpected tragedy. Rushing back to our car, trying to cross the streams of illegible, before it got too dark to see, too cold. I hear a splash and a scream. I could barely see. I couldn't find her for a moment. Shouted her name. I found her breathing heavily, gasping, illegible. She was freezing cold, illegible. The blazing hot national parks in Utah. End quote. This part kind of explains that he loved Gabby and he would have been so happy and if she she had lived, it would have been so nice. This is a sudden transition from I loved her so much to rushing back to our car, trying to cross the streams which says that there has been an accident. So maybe Gabby fell, something happened to her and he's saying that I found her breathing heavily, gasping, she was freezing cold, which meant something may have happened to her. So maybe he's trying to explain that, you know, something happened to her and this is what has happened to her. Quote, The temperature had dropped to freezing and she was soaking wet. I carried her as far as I could from the stream toward the car, stumbling, exhausted, in shock, when my illegible and knew I couldn't safely carry her. I started a fire and spooned her close to the heat. She was so thin, had already been freezing too long. I couldn't at that time realize that I should have started a fire first, but I wanted her out of the cold back to the car. From where I started the fire, I had no idea how far the car might be, only knew it was across the creek. End quote. So here basically he's saying that he wanted to rush back to the car, which I don't understand because he would have parked the car, gone to the stream and now he doesn't know the way back to the car, how far the stream could have been. Doesn't quite make sense, but okay, let's go with his version. He started a fire, he spooned her clothes, she was thin, she was freezing, he was holding her and he was trying to protect her. And he had no idea where his car was. He had no idea how far from the car he was. According to him, he was stuck there in the middle of nowhere and he just found some things and he started a fire. Quote, When I pulled Gabby out of the water, she couldn't tell me what hurt. She had a small bump on her forehead that eventually got larger. Her feet hurt, her wrist hurt, but she was freezing, shaking violently. While carrying her, she continually made sounds of pain. Laying next to her, she said little, lasping between violent shakes, gasping in pain, begging for an end to her pain. She would fall asleep and I would shake her awake fearing she shouldn't close her eyes if she had a concussion. End quote. 
so now he is trying to save her these are all my words so now he is trying to save her hoping she wouldn't fall asleep so she would not have a concussion okay i get that quote she would wake in pain start her whole painful cycle again illegible furious that i was the one waking her she wouldn't let me try to cross the creek thought like me that the fire would go out in her sleep and she'd freeze i didn't know the extent of gabby's injuries only that she was in extreme pain i ended her life i thought it was merciful that it was what she wanted but i see now all the mistakes i made i panicked i was in shock but from the moment i decided took away her pain i knew i couldn't go on without her end quote okay so according to this gabby was shaking she was in pain brian had no idea what she was in pain for he made the fire he was trying to look after her he didn't know where his car was he was trying to look for the car and at the same time at the same time he didn't know how badly she was injured but he decided to end her life so that she would be out of her misery once again my words i don't understand how brian's lawyer releasing these to the public makes brian look good please let me know in the comments if you think that brian looks good because i am in shock after reading this and i have to say wow and i really don't understand how any of this makes brian look good he is talking about how much he loves gabby he wants to live the rest of his life with her at the same time he talks about how much she is in pain and he doesn't want her to have a concussion at one moment he doesn't want her to have a concussion he doesn't want her to feel any pain and she she doesn't want him to go because she is afraid that he would go and she would freeze to death and so he decides to kill her i'm getting that idea from this what do you guys think quote I rushed home to spend any time I had left with my family. I wanted to drive north and let James or TJ kill me, but I wouldn't want them to spend time in jail over my mistake, even though I'm sure they would have liked to. I am ending my life not because of a fear of punishment, but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. I've lost our whole future together, every moment we could have shared. I am sorry for everyone's loss. Please do not make life harder for my family. They lost a son and a daughter. The most wonderful girl in the world. Gabby, I'm sorry. End quote. In a Twitter post, Nicole Schmidt called her daughter's murderer a narcissist. Her tweet features the words, quote, fed up, end quote, accompanied by a graphic that reads, quote, narcissist rewrite history to escape accountability end quote it also includes several hashtags including the truth will be revealed and justice for gabby on the last page released laundry wrote quote i have killed myself by this creek in the hopes that animals may tear me apart that it may make some of her family happy end quote The last words on the page were written with a different pen than the previous ones. Quote, "Please pick up all of my things. Gabby hated people who litter." End quote. Now before ending this, I would like to say that 
there are a lot of different ways that you can interpret Brian's writing. You can say that he thought this or he thought that his parents were trying to help him or he was he loved her so much and he made a mistake. I don't know what happened. No one knows what happened between the two of them. And the only people who knew and who could say something are both dead. So there is no use or no point in trying to figure out what happened between Brian and Gabby. I don't think that we can completely rely on Brian's notebook. His notebook says something and as Nicole said, narcissists rewrite history. So I'm sure that whatever Brian has written about how great Gabby is, no matter how great someone is, you don't kill someone you love. You don't kill someone you hate also. I mean murders do happen, that's why we have the 3M Fear podcast. But you don't hate someone so much. I would like to know from you guys what do you think because honestly I can't seem to understand why Brian would kill Gabby. His notebook is not the answer to why he killed Gabby. Did they have a fight? Did it go so bad that he just struck her and she died? It's a complete mystery. In the end, if you ask me, Brian is a narcissist. He wanted Gabby all to himself. He wanted to ensure that she wouldn't go anywhere. He cut her off from her friends, got her to move in with his family. Brian never gave a proper confession to what he did or why he did. He would rather commit suicide, write notes and tell people how great Gabby is and that he would be more than happy if Gabby's family would come and kill him than go out to the world and tell people. If he wanted to confess so much, why didn't he just go to the police and tell them what he did to Gabby? If he really wanted to confess, if he really wanted to give some closure to the Petito family and to the Schmidt family, he should have just gone and told them and asked for forgiveness. The whole secret of what happened between Gabby and Brian died with Brian. His parents might know something or might not know something. We are unclear. Whatever happens between the Petito and Laundry family is yet to be known. With this, we come to the end of the episode. I hope you liked it. If you liked it, please do share. Please do give it a 5-star rating on whichever platform you are listening from. And also let me know what do you think. If you are on Instagram, please do follow me on Instagram. All the details are there in the description box. That's it for the day. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to follow me on social media, especially Instagram. The links are in my description box. You can also find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. If you love reading thrillers, you can now check out my free ebook available on my website. Once again, thank you so much for being here today and see you next week. Have a great week and stay safe out there.